1: At Kurtz Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Rob Fennessey, head coach at Idaho State and plenty of ties to the Montana Grizzlies as well as Tutel and 102.9 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you, hour number two on a Thursday afternoon headed into evening. Hope you are well, staying spaced out there, not going places you don't need to go, hanging out with your family, okay? Getting on the, uh, what what are all of them? Zoom, Teams, Duo, WhatsApp, Facebook. Like, all of it, right? It's all there for you. If
0: only you could see the future, man. What What does it look like? What if
1: you would have bought Zoom stock? I mean, I don't know why you still can't.
0: Well, you could. You certainly
1: could. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. My problem is I just don't know how to do the transaction. Uh, If you missed anything in the first hour of the show... You can check it out on the podcast. The podcast available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to it wherever you are. Your house, your basement, your yard. Okay? Whatever you want to do. Just check out Two-Tale and Nuwana's. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. The Two-Tale and Nuwana's podcast brought to us by Blackfoot Communications. And, uh, again, I'm going to reiterate our... Grizz Great's the Coaching Tree podcast series is out in full. You can listen to that anytime. Uh, an unbelievable set of 10 interviews with every living head coach in the Montana Men's Basketball Coaching Tree, as well as Robin Selvig, uh, who was uh, there stride for stride with basically all of them. So uh, uh, a very fun series there. You can go check it out. Uh, if you would like to listen live, you can do so on the website, 1029ESPN.com. The stream is there all the time. It is brought to us by Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. Colter, we had the opportunity to sit down and uh, have a call, have a talk with Rob Fennessy, the head coach at Idaho State. He is uh, the Bengals' head coach now, going into his fourth year, his second year. They hit a high water. Were they six and five? Was that that was actually his third season? Oh, it was his third season.
0: I guess no. Excuse me, second season. Sorry, sorry. Last year was his third season. He's going into his fourth season. There you go. Okay. Second year, yes, they went six and five. They won five league games.
1: And and six and five maybe doesn't sound like much. It's I don't know. Is, am I saying this right, Coulter? I mean, you're the one who knows, but probably if you're going to uh, make a list, Idaho State is 11th out of 11 in terms of the football – Programs in terms of just trying to be a winner in terms of the venue that they have, the infrastructure that they've got, you know, as a football team and all that. There's, you know, there's some tough spots, certainly, in the Big Sky Conference, but it's among them. So to go 6-5 and five was actually yeah. a huge overachievement for what expectations were.
0: I mean, when when, Dave, Cra- when da- Dave Craigthorpe was there in the early 1980s and they built Holt Arena, Idaho State was a great job, a yeah. premier job. That was a premier arena, a premier venue. They won the national championship in 1982, which was the second of three national national championships by the Big Sky Conference in the first six years of the FCS. The existence of Division I AA in 1978 was it founded. Idaho State won in in 80, Idaho State won in 82, Montana State won in 84. So the Bengals did have some tradition then. Uh, After Larry Larry Lewis was a a pretty solid coach in the late 90s, early 2000s, Jared Allen played at Idaho State. Idaho State was competitive. Not world-beating, but definitely certainly okay. Solid. When Larry Lewis left after the two thousand six season, Idaho State went nowhere. They hired John Zamberlin from Central Washington and they went six and thirty-nine. Then they hired Mike Kramer and he went eighteen and fifty. That's with an eight and four season. So they were basically a two-win <laughs> team, the duration of Kramer's six seasons, except yeah. for the eight and four year. There's a lot of different challenges at Idaho State from location to academics to lack of facilities, lack of resources, lack of prestige all across the board.
1: But But, Rob Fennessy, he's one of the the more interesting personalities out there, right? And the kind of guy who's got the energy and sort of the excitement about it, and also a ton of ties right here to Missoula, Montana.
0: Well, and when, when Jeff Tingey, former Idaho State Athletic Director, decided to cut ties with Mike Kramer and basically force him into retirement, that was on the heels of Rob Fennessy leaving Idaho State to take a job on Mark Farley's staff at Northern Iowa. They didn't want to lose... Fantasy, they thought he was the coach and waiting. They were kind of waiting for Kramer to retire, so they forced him into retirement. They replaced him with Fantasy. The number one selling point Fantasy had was, I've been around the best program in the history of the Big Sky Conference in Montana. I can make that here. But that year that they had where they went six and five, I think they surprised so many people because they didn't do it in a Montana fashion. And Fantasy always jokes about this. His time at Cal State Northridge and Wyoming before he was at Montana. He was a run and gun, run and shoot type guy, was throw the ball all over the place, and then Bobby Houck basically made him be a pro style run the ball type offensive coordinator, even though it's not really his style. But they were lighting up the scoreboard. Well, when you got, got two Gullers
1: here. going, well, that's what I'm to saying. They, Tanner
0: Guller was one of the better quarterbacks in the league. They also had Mikey Dean and Mitch Guller, who's Tanner's brother. And I mean, they scored 56 against Nau, 62 against Idaho, 44 against UC Davis. So they they were lighting up the scoreboard. But then last year. It's as simple as this. They didn't have a replacement for Guller. Matt Strzok hit the skids. They started out 2-2, two and two, and then 3-3. Three and three. They scored 50 points against both Portland State and North Dakota, and then it all fell apart. Strzok couldn't complete a pass. They lost six straight, and it was a, a terribly disappointing season for a team that had actually decently – they got top 25 votes coming into last year. They were yep. picked to finish sixth in the league in a league that had five teams make the playoffs. So they were supposed to be right there. Last year's three-win finish, definitely very disappointing for Idaho State.
1: Culture, you've been doing a great job setting up this up for us. We've been doing a series now of interviewing uh, head coaches around the Big Sky Conference, around the uh, football teams in the Big Sky. This is the latest one. Please enjoy our conversation with Idaho State head man Rob Fennessy. We go now to the Reggage Brothers RV phone line, and we're happy to be welcomed in by Rob Fennessy, who's going into his fourth year as the head coach at Idaho State after spending many years as a coordinator at Montana and moving a couple of different places, UNLV as well, before headed to ISU. Coach, thanks so much for being with us at this very interesting time. We're coming out of a, a, a doggone, well, a semi-earthquake, I guess. Yesterday, not on a proper Californian earthquake, like I know you've been in, but, uh, you know, 2020 is throwing us some curveballs here, isn't it?
2: yeah we uh you know, f- first thanks for having me guys and it's it's always a, a pleasure to talk with you i, I enjoy uh i enjoy whenever we get this opportunity but but yeah uh you know it was uh, it, 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 you know we were supposed to start spring practice yesterday and and we had a staff meeting just now on on you know on zoom like everybody's done and and uh <laughs> uh it got around too well. There was thunder, which we hadn't had here in a long time, so they would have made us go, you know, go inside. We like to practice outside in the spring. They would have made us go inside. Uh, it was it was kind of sleeting a little bit, and then uh, and then and then we got the earthquake, and uh, and then Roger Cooper from you know you, you know he played years at Montana State. Roger Cooper said our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> it, was just, it, was, uh, it was just one of those days. So. <laughs>
0: Well, Coach, it's funny because we're doing this Base Guy Coaches series, talking to all the coaches, and so many coaches around the league, so many programs around the league got robbed of spring ball, basically. A couple practices maybe here or there. Some people no practices at all, like you guys included. But I think that people know how hard football coaches work. They know how hard just being in the sports world is, the relentless grind of it. But we all love it. We're all sort of addicted to it. So I mean, what's that been like for you? I mean, like you said, you just want to go play some ball. So I mean, how, how do you get through these times when you don't have football as something to uh, to keep you going?
2: Well, we're doing we're doing uh, the best we can to keep up with recruiting. It gives us a really you know you know we don't go out we, we do we you know we get a little bit of, of recruiting going once uh, once signing day uh, passes in February and we get ahead of the game, but now we're really, really getting uh, ahead of our spring recruiting like we would in May. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to do that. Um, you know, other than that, we're having, we are having some zoom meeting with our kids, you know, we they resumed classes, uh, Monday and uh, you find ways to keep yourself busy. You know, I have a little office set up down in my basement and I even went and, uh, got my name plate from my office in, uh, uh, over in Holterina and put it on my door and I make my wife knock before she comes in i was
3: <laughs> just like, walking in
2: here and, and so uh, that's, that's the way to do it I got a couple computers set up and 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 uh, you you just football coaches work that's what you do you know we don't we don't sit around and do anything and and that's probably with every staff because the minute you do you're behind the behind the eight ball and uh uh, you know uh, mike ferriter and and roger cooper are both doing a great job keeping both the offensive staff and the defensive staffs uh together and keeping the kids up to date with what's going on and, and even getting some meetings done with them so it's good
1: you know, Idaho State is is uh, there in Pocatello, and it's a, an interesting place to have, you know, a, a university, a football team, a great school, a great institution that way. And all the schools in the Big Sky Conference have so many things to sell kids, and also maybe some things that are challenges that they have to, you know, kind of overcome. What are the things on both of those sides for you as you've been at ISU that you say, hey, this is why you want to come to Pokey and play football, and, and some of the questions that you may have to answer as well?
2: Yeah, well, one thing is, you know, we have an engineering program, which which some schools don't have, and, you know, so we can get a a kid that's engineering in. Um, But what I like to say is uh, one of the big pitches I give recruiting is if if you're looking for a place to come to school and and go to a downtown bar scene and go party in and all that stuff, this place isn't for you uh this is a this is you know it, it, it's a community of about 60,000 and then there's a you know city north uh, you know adjacent north to here it for another 15,000 but uh it, it's a it's a it's a slower community in terms of in terms of that type of stuff it's a great place to to come to school uh and and here's what I here's what I like to tell you you're going to get your education you're going to graduate you're going to play great football and in uh, the best—I'm not going to say arguably the best—I'm saying the best FCS conference uh, in America. We are the SEC of one AA, and uh, you're going to play play against some great football teams and some great venues, and you're going to establish relationships for the rest of your life. So, so that's you know that's that's a lot of my a uh, lot of what we sell right there, and then also you know the family aspect of our coaches and all that stuff, and and you know we like for the kids to see how. Uh, we all get along. We have a big dinner on Saturday nights. Uh, we, you know where all the families show up, and, and we got a bunch of ankle biters running around. And you know you can see, uh, like so, what type of family we have. And then, and then, you know, sometimes uh, what's hard to sell is, you know, there hasn't been a whole heck of a lot of success here. You know, we we can't we can't. Uh, sit there and say we've we had 17 straight big sky championships or that we've been to the to the semifinals, or you know and and so uh, tell them it's a chance to come come be part of that uh uh improvement be part of the history and 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 lay a new foundation for this program so uh, that and sometimes the small town scares people away you know it's it's that's not what they want and, and we're not we don't hide it and if that's up front you know say this place isn't for you so you know we had a kid here I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example uh and this is a recruiting story kid got off the airplane goes where are the girls <laughs> and we said uh okay you know we were we were it was like he goes where are the you know, i was like thanks for you so anyways, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he's, been watching, he's watching too many movies right
1: right
0: you think this is going to be blue chips or something like that <laughs> yeah uh well, well, coach, it's an interesting dynamic for you yourself because when you're at Northridge in the Big Sky, part of a, a program that was successful before, sort of abruptly dropping football, then your seven years in Montana, like you mentioned, a Big Sky championship every year, runs to the national championship game. So then, when you return to the Big Sky first as a position coach on Mike Kramer's staff, and then now as the head coach, what's it been like being in a different seat? Because it seems to me when that, when you're at Montana, you were, you guys were just trying to take that thing to the next level, the top level. But then at UNLV, you guys went through sort of a rebuild, and now at Idaho State—it's been sort of a rebuild as well. How do you cha- change and go about learning about how to do that as a coach? Yeah,
2: what's funny is we went from being real good coaches at Montana to real bad coaches at <laughs> UNLV. So, uh, but uh, but you know what you do is you know we have a, we have a saying, and, and I can't say this is mine. This is stolen from you know I'm a I'm a I'm a NASCAR fan, and uh, this is stolen from. Uh, uh, from Hendrick Motorsports, you know, and, and they they had this in in Jimmy Johnson's garage, and you go upstart, uh, saying it goes, you know, you go from upstart to contender, uh, uh, cont- or upstart to winner, winner to contender, contender to champion, champion to dynasty. Okay, well, you know, we're we're uh, we thought we hit the threshold of the contender status, you know, with our with our twenty. 18 season and we took a little slip back but we like to think we're somewhere between that upstart and contender and, and that's you know kind of kind of keeps your focus on where you build a program and and uh, it, it's a uh, let's say it's gotten better uh, with our new athletic director well she's not new now she's been around a couple of years but uh, you know with Dan Ryan uh, from from uh, from Big Timber there he's our strength coach he's done a great job with the guys um, we, we've made some steady improvements
1: Rob Fennessy joining us. He's the head coach of the Idaho State Bengals football team and coach, you've been in coaching for a long long time. You've seen it all especially around, you know, the Big Sky Conference in particular, but this is your first time being a head coach and now going into your 4th year as a head coach. What is what's something that you've learned being a head coach that, you know, you know it's different when you take over that seat? So what's it been like for you? And also, now going into your 4th year, really a program that you're, you're is starting to really be yours, right? Yeah, you, you get
2: well. You get pulled eight thousand different directions. You know, it's hard. I was, you know, I'm coaching a position. I was coaching the wide receivers. Uh, we made some adjustments this year. I moved to the tight ends a little uh, less uh, uh, needy, needy group. Fairter, uh wanted me to do that, but you get pulled in a lot of different directions. And that's funny, as I always said. You know, I saw how Bobby got pulled in in a thousand different directions and and i always say i don't want to do that i just want to be a coordinator i love being the coordinator being able to, to game plan and and all that stuff and and you lose a little bit of that uh when you become a head coach because all of a sudden you got to go to a meeting or or got to talk to the media or <laughs>
1: <an> <laughs> awful worst part of the whole game <laughs> yeah,
2: the, but uh um, you know and, and, and I think I've adjusted, I've adjusted well to that. you know I, I wasn't really a, a big fan of, of getting up in front of the media when I was at Montana or UNLV and I've kind of grown accustomed to it a little bit so it doesn't bother me as much sitting down having a press conference and, and, uh, and the, you know the big thing is, you know my first year here, my first spring practice, uh, I didn't even re- you know it's like I was just going out to spring practice just like I always did but as a head coach, like all of a sudden there's five cameras, there and microphones in your face. And I'm like, I'm like, holy smokes, you know, and that was there. And then, and then running out on the field for the first time, uh, in, in, 2017, those were both like experiences that are, that are, you know, more or less, uh, out of body. It's, it's, it's bizarre until you've been able to do it. And what's, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, going to keep talking about, uh, some of my favorite stuff here a little bit, but I'm, a, I'm a big, uh, rush fan the band rush they have a song they have a song called limelight that if you listen to the words uh if you listen to the words of that that went through my mind a whole bunch uh that first year you know it just talks about living in the limelight and uh uh the the word it really every time i hear that song still is like god you know that's that's what it's like you know it's kind of surreal being a head coach
0: well, condolences to you as a Rush fanatic uh, for the loss of the drummer because I know that was a big deal in the music
3: world. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, hey, I, I I was on uh, any type of Canadian, uh, 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 well, whatever the, the the beverage of choice in Canada. I was on. <laughs> I was on. I, I I had quite a few of those in his honor, and 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 uh, the satellite station had a Rush dead rush Rush. Rush Channel for about three weeks, and I think my wife was getting tired of. It. But she was actually she was starting to learn all the songs because I just that's all I listened to for about three weeks. There, it was a bad deal. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, coach, you mentioned the big sky, the SEC, of the of the FCS. We totally agree. I think that even people that don't follow it in depth, even if they just broadly follow, it, they don't realize just how short the margin of error is. And, and you mentioned your guys' season last year. I mean, you're coming off of a six and five year. You win five league games. And then last year, a decent start, and then all of a sudden a great start to conference play. You roll up Portland State, you look dynamite at home, score 40-plus points in the first half. And then even after a loss in Week 2 of Big Sky play, then you have another great showing, score 55 against North Dakota. And then it kind of hit the skids for you. I know a lot of times injuries play a factor in that. I mean, we talked to Demario Warren earlier this week, and he said, you know, hey, when I lost my number one corner in my All-American safety, it's pretty hard to get stuff done how small is the margin of error in this league and if you do have impact players go down how much can that cause things to just unravel?
2: well i i'm i'm of the opinion that, that and i'm sure that jeff choate bobby and a couple other guys would be you know would question me but we have, you know our margin of error at idaho state's a lot smaller than the margin of error at some of those other schools i'm sure like i said right away bobby don't yeah no and even when when I was at Montana, it was like, yeah, we have no margin of error. We got to be perfect at everything we do. Well, if, if you know, Montana's margin of error is thin, ours is razor thin. And, you uh, know, we started, you know, we didn't have any major injuries, you know, but what we did was we had a, a, um, turnovers. All of a sudden, uh, you know, I mean, I'll, re- I'll reference the movie uh, Tin Cup, you know, all of a sudden our quarterback got the shanks right. and we had nothing, no, nothing to go. You know, we told him to put the T backwards to wear his helmet backwards and put the T in the other ear and put his change in his other pocket and it still didn't work. So uh but but the poor guy just started start just throwing interceptions in and and Farreter worked hard Mike Farreter worked harder than anybody uh to try to get it righted and it just it got to the point where where we regressed offensively and uh um you know it was it was it was really frustrating and then all of a sudden and, and this is strange, all of a sudden the week that we play Weaver state we get about and i'm not lying about six guys with a really really bad case of the flu shocker and and so we lose we went into that weaver game with the only let's see mitch mitch Guller and michael dean and then uh, we had a, uh, they were the only two healthy receivers that had started uh, and then we had two tight ends and another backup receiver, and that was it. And, and, the, and the illness didn't hit us until Thursday or Friday. So all of a sudden, we had to, when we traveled down to Weaver on Friday night, Mike Ferder stayed back with uh, Tanner Guller, our former quarterback, and Hagen Graves, our GA, and kind of formulated a new offense that we had to put in a walkthrough because all of a sudden, our running back was injured, our receiver ours was sick, our receiver uh, was sick. I mean, it, it was bizarre. But, you know, throw that on top of the fact that, you know, like I said, our quarterback had the shanks and uh, it's not a good formula.
1: You know, Coach, when you you, uh, we talked about your history in this conference. You've been around a long time. Then you were out of it a little while at UNLV. You come back into it. Now as a head coach, even in the time that you've been at at Idaho State, a bunch of new coaches uh, and obviously Bobby returning to the conference. But what to you has changed the most in the landscape of the big sky?
2: Uh, uh well here lately facilities um that's just the facilities war is on in this conference that didn't have before the, the the level of talent has just skyrocketed from uh uh you know and 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 the coaching ability of everybody i mean every week it's a different defense and a different this and a different offense and and uh uh, no one plays the same stuff. You know when you look at some of the film of the of the uh, other conference in the country that they probably think they're the best and shoot, everybody runs basically one defense. Right. you know it's like, come on, guys, you know and and uh, uh, this the like I said, facilities, first of all, second, uh, recruiting, how much better it's gotten. and then uh, and then third, the coaching is uh, is you know the best, most innovative. Uh, at this level and I said it's really 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 tough every week to prepare
1: you know, Coach, I'll give you a little uh, a little nugget here because with Bo Baldwin returning at Cal Poly, that had done away with the triple option. But Bobby How informed us because of that. He is going to start running the triple option at the University of Montana. So you'll still have to prepare for that. Offensively, I just thought you should know.
2: Yeah, I guarantee you that ain't happening. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. It's not happening. Say what you want. I can promise you that. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby will tell you that just like he'll tell you that the beer won the Idaho
0: game. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, we, we were teasing with him, though. I uh, He said, you know, that's probably actually the only offense I, I'm undefeated with because you guys went 1-0 and against Idaho back in 2003 <laughs> running that triple option with oh, with God Kyle Sampson yeah, that, talk about uh, making stuff work on the fly. Well, Coach, we'll get, hey,
2: here, here can, I, can I have a second for one story? This oh, of course, real, please. This is uh, Mike Ferretter's wife. Okay, she's a great gal. She's from Cut
0: Bank. They yep. got married this. Yep. Uh, uh, they got married this this summer, and
2: uh, uh, I don't know what what they were doing. They were watching TV and watching a game, and and Mike was talking to her, and he told me the story. He goes, and you know, someone's running the triple, and and I was just complaining about how hard it is to defend and blah 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 blah. And, and Sierra doesn't, you know, she's not a big football savant. And she says, uh, "So it's a pretty good offense, yeah. Well, why don't you guys run it?" <laughs> <laughs> and he like, and, and he said he kind of looked, and, and he said. You know, that's sometimes the simplest answer. You know, here, like I said, she's a she's a great gal. But
4: uh, <laughs>
2: she can go back to Cup Bank and hang out with the Penguins for all I care. You know. <laughs> Not really, I
0: like her. She's a great gal. You gotta, you gotta love it. Well, Coach, we'll get you out of here on this. This league has been so wild. Uh, I mean, honestly, since it expanded, it, it used to be a, a one-team league with everybody else chasing the Grizzlies. And now it's a everybody's chasing everybody, and everybody seems to be in the mix. So, I mean, how how do you di- differentiate yourself out of that? And what I mean, just give us one wild prediction in a wild league. What was a wild prediction you could give us of the Big Sky this year?
2: That the champion will have. Here's what we always say: so the champion will have one or two losses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's, that you know, that's hard. It's, it's like I said, it's such a it's such a tough conference and 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 so diverse and uh you know that everybody does such a great job so uh wild prediction i i don't know there's there's gonna here here's here's how our games went last year we said somebody's gonna score 50 it's either gonna be us or the other team. <laughs> and, and that almost held true it was like yeah we're because the games we won we scored 50 the games all the ones we lost more or less team just rung us up so so that was another one fair and i would talk about well someone's going to get 50 today we'll find <laughs> out who so
1: well coach we certainly appreciate your time and our best to you as as things are kind of on hold right here uh, hopefully the the home office works out for you and we get back to this thing uh, a, a, as soon as possible but thanks for being with us and best of luck this upcoming season all right
2: yeah, I really appreciate it. And anytime you guys, I, I got a lot of time on my hands right now. If you guys want to talk some more, I'm here. You know where oh, to find me.
1: We'll catch you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, guys. All right. Thank you very much. Tennessee, head coach of the Idaho state football team uh fun to talk with coach Fennessy and uh and uh, get his thoughts on all kinds of things because they're not normally the thoughts that other people have which is uh which is a lot of fun although i think we were all in agreement there will be no triple option for the grizzlies this season despite uh despite perhaps the allusion to that by, uh, coach, how course, joked with us about this earlier this week. If you missed that, uh, interview, we'll have, it. we've got that up for you on the podcast too. You can go check it out, but we certainly appreciate him being with us and we will continue. We got, uh, uh, demario warren the head coach of southern utah uh coming to you next week we will also have some from jeff choate as well and uh, later on in our series jay hill certainly and we'll continue to to rack up head coaches around uh, big sky conference football fun to talk to these guys
0: yep justin green recruiting coordinator from the university of montana will also be joining us coming up here pretty soon we don't have s- solid dates yet for this stuff because we're still trying to iron out some details around here but Stay tuned. We will have so many interviews for you out there. Everybody, our loyal listeners, we appreciate you being here, and we'll
1: keep you entertained.
0: We promise.
1: Uh, Are you ready for a new truck? Get to Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton for the best deals and the best trucks, Duramax Chevy, or GMC. Quick break. We talked some Grizz football yesterday, players that we wanted to see in the spring and players that we're going to be looking forward to come the fall. I got one that I didn't get to that I got to. I'll tell you who it is right after this.
4: At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more.
1: Welcome back. Do Tell Nuanis, one oh two nine ESPN radio. Outstanding to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. At GusTutel on Twitter, if you're looking for it, at one oh two nine ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT as well. Coulter, how you doing over there, man? I'm doing just okay. You said you said the words that would make you feel like it wasn't going that well, but you I, I feel like the insinuation was that you're actually doing okay. Like you're doing Yes, it's
0: fine. Just <laughs>
1: What's the matter, man? You need to talk. No, you okay? I, I, I uh, your favorite thing to do on the show is to talk about yourself. No, and air all your no, laundry. No, I mean I say that because it's not true. It's scar. It's sarcasm, um, which is Alethea tells me my seven year old is when you're trying to be funny by being mean. That's the definition. It's of just sarcasm. interesting this because
0: right. I, I live in terms of the way I entertain myself. Yes. So much of my entertainment comes from sports, obviously. Yes. It's phenomenally inspiring and wonderful to cover. Mm -hmm. And I feel very lucky to have the jobs that we do. And I love every second of it all the time. And removing that, that's a challenge, but I think it's one that you can get over. But the other way that I like to entertain myself, especially when I'm alone, is by watching documentaries and reading. I've never been much one to like films, documentaries, or books that are about anything happy or uplifting. (laughs) I only like just <laughs> devastatingly interesting and chillingly, you know. Somber and solemn and
1: maybe and, a and, little
0: bit. And just chilling, just, like, it, yeah. just revealing some, you know, because I love journalism. Yeah. So I love documentaries that are just revealing and telling you about all these, this scandal or all this messed up things in the world. That said, I've had to really mitigate and remove that portion of my life because the last thing you want is to not have any sports to make you happy and then get stuck inside your own head while you're sitting on the couch at 1 o'clock in the morning need with
1: no ability to leave. That's right. You need a balance. Uh, by the way, what now what's it called? I, I was going to talk about this more yesterday. Uh, on April 19th, though, the new Michael Jordan slash Chicago Bulls 10-part ESPN uh, a, a documentary series is coming out. What's it? is it like wings to fly or something like that. I oh, forget I think what it's called, it's called. Like the last dance. Or oh something yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's better. That's closer to what it is. It actually is the last dance. I think now that you say it, I don't know where I got wings to fly. I don't know either. <laughs> I'm really glad that's not the name of it. I should not the be last in dance charge. Is what it's I called. should not be in charge of that. Uh, now you have read uh, basically every word that's ever been written about the the, the <coughs> Bulls and Michael Jordan and all of that. And I was, uh, was am the, you know, a Jordan guy, the biggest Bulls fan in the world. I mean, I painted my walls of my room. My folks, bless them, let me get out there with the black and red paint and actually paint Chicago Bulls into my wall, you know, and had all the, in fact, I got a poster right behind me right now of uh, M. Air J. And so there's there's that feels like there's how much more can you learn i cannot wait for this and i'm so glad they moved the open up of this you know they were going to have this in the quote dead period of the summer right when in june or july all the you know all the sports you know except for baseball and sort of the doldrums the dog days are now all of a sudden this is good. How many people are going to watch this on April nineteenth? Huh. The first, the first two episodes I mean, when they Super come out. Super Bowl numbers. You think so? I mean, it's going to be I mean, huge.
0: It's, it's Michael Jordan, and it's the first like new sporting thing we're going to have had in six
1: oh it's weeks? gonna be gargantuan and everybody that's in here like that's being uh interviewed in this thing i mean seinfeld and madonna and barack obama and everybody and obviously all the sports figures too but everybody else i mean this was an absolute circus so i i i am pumped up about this why are we talking about this i don't
0: know because we were just oh, oh we were ta- oh because it's gonna be a hat i mean i don't You're know if it'll be happy
1: i don't know if it'll be happy but it's at least gonna you know be entertaining and I think it will be revealing even for people who know sure. fit what they think is everything that you could know about this, you know? Have you
0: read Michael Jordan and the World He Made? No. By David Halberstam. No. It's one of the great sports books ever. I'm just going to buy it for you. Okay. Uh, it's it's actually called Playing for Keeps: Michael Jordan and the World He Made, but it's all it's not about necessarily the career arc of Michael Jordan, but the phenomenon that was Michael Jordan. How did he become Because there's been great athletes throughout American history, throughout world history, <coughs> and guys that have become even globally famous. Nobody. But nobody yes. was as famous as Michael Jordan. Nobody. Yes. I mean, you had kids in, like, Sudan chanting, I want to be like Mike.
1: That's right. And in Missoula, Montana, too. Much to my demise, might I add you. I mean, I do, like, you know, I was such a big Michael Jordan fan, and this is not new news, but I loved basketball. What I actually loved was Mike who played right, basketball. Right. And
0: How many kids in America did Michael Jordan ruin their lives? Just like you well, not ruin their I'm lives one, but gave them false illusions, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you could chase your dreams. You could do the thing. Like nobody told me except for my cousin that I was never going to play in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then eventually, like I got the hint when I wasn't starting in the seventh grade. Right. Like maybe this isn't for me, but I didn't. I didn't even get that hint. Now I will say I loved basketball, and I don't regret at all playing basketball. No, no, it was, totally. it was great fun. But you know me; my uh, athletic skill set is admittedly limited, and even with two working feet, the last sport on the face of God's earth that I should be putting my time and effort into is basketball. More you than know soccer, it accentuates every weakness. And it, 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 and, it, and it plays to none of my strengths. <laughs> Even soccer, which I did play for a little while, like in fifth grade or whatever. I mean, you could have me play cricket, rugby, certainly lacrosse, which I did evolve into. Football, for sure. I mean, like of the, ma- of the normal sports, I should have been playing football. I, I, for sure. I, I would have been, uh, you know, I did play my senior year. I was, you know, on special teams or whatever for the mighty big sky Eagles. And had, I had fun doing it. It was great play, playing for Gary Eckergren. Bless him. And, and we, had a, we had a good time doing it. But I should have been playing football. I'm much more built to play football than doggone basketball. And frankly, I don't really have the fine, like, I have very moderate hand eye coordination at the end of the day. You know, that's why I'm such a frustrated golfer is because it's uh, (laughs) it's only sort of partially intact. Basketball is a it's certainly a game of athleticism, but it's much more a game of skill. Football is a game of just sort of strength and will. And it's also like a role playing game. You know, if you're in the right you're doing your one eleventh, as they say, you know what I mean? Well, you know what? There's a lot of ways to be successful if you're put in the right spots even if you're not the fastest guy or whatever it might be, like you can get in there and you can make a tackle, you know, if you need to. Well, you got to work at it, though. You got to take some time, and that's what I should have been doing, playing football. But I wanted to play basketball, and nobody was going to tell me different. And, uh, you know, it didn't really work out for me all that well.
3: I'm so glad that we learned all about this, Ryan, after you asked Coulter how he was feeling.
1: Yeah, it was, a, <laughs> what, it was my Typical. own therapy session yeah. that I needed, right? It's not even, I'm, I'm happy with it. I just needed to explain it, you know? And the reason is because of Michael Jordan. And you, now, you know what Michael Jordan's going to take for me now? Ten hours of my life Sorry. to watch every episode. In fact, are they all just one hour? I'm not so sure they're. they're I don't know, know. even longer. I'm I was looking sure. at the lineup. The the the. I was looking at my special ESPN emails that I get from the mothership. Uh, here is a, a, a you know affiliate and PD and so forth, and they have it all listed out like when it's come. Not as if th- this isn't public information, you know what I mean. But it just comes to me rather than me having to go search it out. But anyway, April 19th. Not that I have anything else going on, you know, just folding laundry and watching watching Mike, but I, uh, I'm i pumped up about it. Here's what I want to know. Is this documentary, don't worry, we're going to get to the group.
3: Nothing, I'm just making faces okay. Tommy. I just want to know, who is more guilty in your eyes? Yeah. Is it O.J. or Carol Baskin? Oh, oh, if we're going down the documentary trail.
0: No, no, no. Did you no, see O.J. No. Simpson's back-to-back tweets? Oh, don't.
1: Don't do this. I didn't
0: know he was tweeting. Are
1: you sure, are you sure that this is he the official is? Account? He has an
0: official are account. Are you sure? It's the oh, yes. There's no oh, check mark yes.
1: next to this account. Yeah, I don't know is if this check mark. Okay. I, well, I re- mean, I'm just saying. I, I think we got to be. I mean,
0: you know. Regardless, OJ had a two tweet
1: sequence. Le- leave it. Leave it at that. If you want to go find out what OJ's two tweet <laughs> sequence was, go to Twitter and look for yourself. Okay?
0: The real OJ Simpson, who I follow on Twitter, does not have a check mark despite having 951,000 followers. I the, have the a checkmark.
1: The, 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 the tweet- you do? Yeah. I can't even get one at Skyline. How do you get a check mark? Why are you official?
3: I put you Dorks on the radio. Of course I'm official. What what is it? What is your handle? We need more Twitter out of at you, Tommy. Tommy Evans. Two seven coffee coffee five. What are you tweeting about? Engineering mm, stuff. Whatever. The wor- like, occasionally, like, um, a joke. If I come up with one, like, if I think a joke uh, comes to me that was meant for the late Mitch Hedberg, I will put that out.
1: Oh, there. that's that's. See, that's good. That's but, good. But but if you when can you, channel some Hedberg. You're in you're in business. I might follow that account.
3: The problem with it is. If anyone puts their own name up against Mitch, you're immediately an idiot and wrong, oh, you know. So like, yeah. if you want bad comedy, I've got you. No, 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 no. If you, you want a Skyline Sports retweet, I've got you. Like twice. But tell me again. You said coffee caught like literally. What do you mean? Is it?
1: it uh, this isn't the the name of it, but the actual at handle. Do I have to yeah. find a coffee emoji and put it in to follow? No, you? no.
3: It's just the words coffee. I guess Tommy <laughs> Evans is a, is a, a clearly. Uh, yeah. Some kind of uh, a common name, and then twenty seven after its comments. And I tried Tommy Evans twenty seven coffee because I enjoy coffee, and, and then that didn't work. So then I got Somebody
1: really angry. There actually is a Tommy Evans twenty seven coffee out there. You bet there is. Are and you then, following that person?
3: No, but I did. Okay, so one time I went onto Facebook and searched Tommy Evans and friended like every other. Tommy Evans, I could find. yeah, now let me tell you, if you want to communicate with the world in a fascinating way, friend find, with yeah, find yeah, your yeah. own
1: people, your yeah. your namesakes out there. Yeah,
3: there's some weird do people you like your, do
1: you like yourself more or less after you meet other Tommy Evans? I like, like wow, how. That's pretty uh, remarkable. I
3: like how normal I am. <laughs> I give the name a good common denominator i was thinking about this the other day because
1: there's some people who have entered you know their 30s and even okay. beyond who uh, are not married okay? okay and what are you laughing about just and so the i never com- know where you're going no no the story. common thing to say this is that you know it's harder when you get older because you know people you know the the the, the the, quote, good ones are gone, which, of course, is a just false. But but it's like, you know, these people, are they're, they're weirder, they're crazier, whatever the case may be. Now, clearly, the point in case of this is sitting across from me right now with Colton Nuanez, who is certainly an insane person. And so, you know, he is like, you know, the example here. But here's the fallacy, because you said I'm normal. Yeah, The reality is, is that don't, just because you got married when you're 24 doesn't mean that now that you're off the market, you were obviously like some great catch or whatever like I am. It is the fact that... It is the fact that nobody's normal. uh, That's not even a real thing. It's just a social construct of what we expect or accept people to be like in public. Where does
3: marriage come into this? The conversation of normality.
1: Because people say that, oh, well, now I'm such and such an age, I can't find a normal person. Well, no, you can't. And you couldn't find them when you were 20-something either. That doesn't exist. They're not
3: out there. Everybody is an insane person. I have made a few mistakes in my life. (sighs) The biggest mistake ever was being put in charge of this studio build oh. and putting glass so I can see your <laughs> ignorant face and just want to throw something at you through it and it's I want to go back break. down the hallway where I can't You're, see
1: you You deny that there that there isn't that everybody isn't insane that, that there's some standard of group of people that you could qualify as normal Absolutely oh, that's stop. the case
3: Absolutely stop. that's the case
1: that you should Burn Street Bistro, burn yourself. It's 2 telling New 1029 ESPN Radio. We got to take a quick break. I said I was going to do something in this segment. We didn't do anything like that. Maybe we could do it in the next segment. Next.
4: Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more.
1: Steve Tellin' Nuanes, 102.9 ESPN Radio, outstanding to be with you on this Thursday uh, afternoon as we wrap up yet another show from the new studio, which is great to be in, really having fun. Even though we didn't have music right there, that's okay. I thought Tommy's songs were outstanding. Hey, Carl Tyler Chevrolet, Discover Ownership, Peace of Mind. You ready for this? Lifetime powertrain warranty at Carl Tyler, Carl Tyler's Auto Group. Uh, Coulter, I said that I had one player that I failed to get to for the Grizzlies last or uh, yesterday uh, when we were talking about Grizz that we were looking forward to watching, and I know you had a, a couple of guys on your list too that you wanted to go see. But Jacob McGoran is, well, was an absolute unstoppable force as a freshman when he played. Yep, is this right? He had a sack in every game right. that I he I saw the he finished field. with
0: four sacks in four games yes
1: um which uh is pretty remarkable and he's from Cheney Washington a great get if you get Dad him, played at eastern washington or get him right out of the, the the backyard and so this is a kid what's he like 65 65 255 is what he came in at i mean stop with that i mean this is the thing you know i mean like it's 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 remarkable, but also not just the size. I mean, the ability to come in and just well, just ball straight out of the game. And it,
0: it is his footwork. You want to know what I think is one of the most translatable skills? Let's hear Right. I guess crossover skills. Yeah. If you can throw a track event where you have to spin to throw it, mm. you can be a great defensive lineman, especially a defensive end. And this kid you get
1: around the corner. This and kid threw and the hip. This and all kid
0: that. won the Washington State track meet yeah. in the discus by more than 30 feet. His discus throw was over 190 feet. Wow, That's that's college national championship caliber. As a senior in high school, he honestly should be, if he was doing what his best sport is, throw the disc. And maybe Bobby Huck will let him hey. come the spring because it is a translatable sport too. But I feel like if you are that big and you can spin that fast and maintain your balance and have that level of explosion – you're going to be a very natural pass rusher.
1: Well, he certainly was. And uh, he's a guy, again, that that uh, you just got to be very excited about. And, and I would say... When
0: Bobby Halk on signing day says, this guy it reminds me a lot of Croy Bierman, but then you realize that Croy Bierman was, quote-unquote, only about 6'3", 240. Right. Then you think, wow. And then you realize Croy Beerman played for nine years in the NFL. Uh, uh,
1: tell me, though, if you agree with me on this. As a, <laughs> as a position group the young defensive lineman that Montana has is p- perhaps the most exciting and hi- highest potential on the team. I mean, they, they oh, are loaded up front on uh, the defense. Uh,
0: absolutely. Well, and it, it's it's what Bobby Houck is best at recruiting. People always gave him so much credit for the the offensive line, and he deserves that for the, his first go-round. They always give him so much credit for developing offensive skill players, particularly running back. But a lot of times, there is an element of luck, too. I mean, just having Lex Hilliard and Chase Reynolds be Montana guys... I mean, it's pretty lucky to have Lex Hilliard be a, from the flathead, you know? Yeah. I mean, Lex Hilliard's played anywhere in the country if he's not grown up outside Kalispell, Montana. So a little bit of luck there, but in terms of guys that were ready to go right away and the the blueprint that they used to recruit, develop, and have those guys produce, mm-hmm. inter-defensive linemen. Uh, ends, too, but how he understands what I've been screaming and yelling at for so long. So often, guys that play the positions of mass interior defensive line interior offensive line if you're over 300 pounds coming out of high school and you're not athletic enough to play in the fbs you're not athletic enough to play college football probably Mm. or you're going to be a very big work in progress mass is not always good
1: what's your foot size what's your hand
0: size is the best ever at recruiting those six foot three 250 pound guys i mean our boy craig metler who i was talking to earlier there's a tease for you we'll have met on next week we're trying to facilitate some time with him but i mean met i mean he's He's about 6'3 250. I mean that's what that's what he is. Brian Waldhauser, uh, Tyler Hobbs. Like these guys are are tall, long, good basketball players, great athletes, can run, can jump. They're not the potbelly 300 pounders. But some of these young guys, they do have the mass too. I mean a guy like Alex Gubner, he is a 290 pounder, but he's explosive. He can I mean watching the weight room videos, he can power clean, he can squat. He's not just a uh, massive fat guy. He has I mean, great muscle structure. He's very explosive. Yeah. But they talk about Eli Alford and Braden Deming and McGoring and Milton Mamula if he can get healthy. And you he add Patrick McConnell in the mix as an edge guy. Every single one of those guys, not one of them is even going to be, a, I guess one of them will be a junior. Everybody else can be a sophomore. So they have a ton of young talent on the yeah. D line for sure. Uh,
1: okay, so uh, that, that, that's mine. I know you had uh, one or two others as well.
0: I mentioned that sometimes there's some kids that, you start to hear about, and I mentioned Keelan White as a guy that you could hear some scuttle from inside the program that mm. he was a guy that they really liked. The other two guys I heard a ton of scuttle about that I haven't really got a chance to watch play very much are Kale Edwards, who's the big, tall linebacker from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, who Bobby Houck was really high on coming out of Coeur d'Alene, and Chris Brown, quarterback from Bozeman. Cale Edwards, reports are that he put on 20 pounds since he got here. So he's no longer 6'5", now he's 6'5", How has compared him to Tyler Joyce? If that's the case, Tyler Joyce was an animal. Tyler Joyce was a three-year starter, one of the leading tacklers in school history. If Edwards can accelerate and reach that potential, that could be pretty darn good. Brown, to me, is fascinating for multiple reasons. First of all, I've heard from a lot of different people that the coaches say, particularly Tim Rosebaugh, says that he can make every throw on the field, that if it was up to just being able to make throws, not read defenses, not call the huddle, not get you in and out of your offense, not learn the game plan, just make the throws – that he had the best arm in the program last year. And that's saying something, because Dalton Steed spins it. Cam Humphrey yeah. can throw it pretty darn good. If Chris Brown can...
1: Well, Chris Brown is by far the biggest of those groups. Right? Yep. He's Yeah. He's, he's the, quote, prototype. Yep. You know, whether there is such a thing as a prototype anymore at quarterbacks, hard to know, but he's yep. certainly the the big, tall, long levers yep. and rip-it guy. Right. And so they're high on him. Bobby Houck has
0: talked him up. They really like him. They're going to give him a chance. I mean, Coach Houck said on our show yesterday it's Cam's job to lose, but they're going to give Chris Brown a chance to to compete for that thing. That's interesting in itself because as a redshirt freshman, if he really can make all the throws, that's a guy with a ton of talent. Maybe you can develop him. Yep. The other reason it's interesting is because he's from Bozeman, Montana, and he I've never heard a coach – Usually, if, you're, if it's a guy that you're not recruiting, you don't talk about him. If it's just like coaches say, a guy that leaves my program is no longer in my program. I'm not going to say anything about him. A guy that I'm not going to recruit into my program, I'm also not going to comment on him. The only co- kid I've ever seen Jeff Choate make a comment on, specifically not recruiting him and acknowledging that he did not recruit him, was Chris Brown. Bobby Houck recruited him, and Bobby Houck talks some, some mess on Saturday day, as he has the last two years. Bozeman High, easiest high school in in the country to recruit from. We get every guy we offer from Bozeman High. I love recruiting Bozeman High. Choate's retort was, I didn't offer Chris Brown. I didn't think Chris Brown was a fit for our program. You didn't beat me on anything. We didn't even recruit him. It's fascinating because Jeff Choate, his son, was at Bozeman High same time as Chris Brown. Brian Armstrong's kids go to Bozeman High. So those guys are entrenched in the high school as parents. Choate just said that he just didn't think that Brown was going to fit their culture, and he just didn't want him, and he just didn't think he was going to be good enough to play quarterback. Ironic for a guy that hasn't been able to recruit a quarterback to say that. So to me, Chris Brown not only might have great upside great potential, but if he turns into a good player, it's a litmus test for Jeff Choate's ability to ter- to evaluate quarterbacks. If he turns into some sort of knucklehead or some sort of guy that can't fit into the fabric of a team, maybe it's a litmus test for how good Jeff Choate is evaluating that part. It's just very interesting because if it could blow up in Choate's face or Choate could end up being right, but it's, just this, it's this lingering litmus test of Choate's ability to, to recruit and, to, and evaluate quarterbacks.
1: Let me ask you this. Could it be gamesmanship where maybe he did recruit him or maybe recruited him only in part and, in fact – quote-unquote lost, or whatever you want to talk about, and said, no, 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 you are not getting this from me and Bozeman. We didn't want him.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting part, too, because Jeff Choate has not only recruited but also signed Bozeman High's quarterback four out of the last six years, with no intention of ever even playing those guys at quarterback. He just wanted the guy who was the quarterback on a winning team from a good program. He turned Callahan O'Reilly into a middle linebacker. He turned Blue Chapman into an outside linebacker. Jake, Jake DiAgostino, who just led Bozeman High to a state championship, he might play some quarterback, but Choate on the signing day said he's going to play safety. Right. Maybe that's what Choate didn't like about Brown. Is it has nothing to do with anything besides that he has no position of versatility. He's a quarterback or he's nothing. These other guys, they could play other positions. Right,
1: right. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. So we'll see. It's 2 one or 102.9 ESPN Radio. By the way, if you uh, missed anything in the show or you just want to re-listen to it, which, you know, why wouldn't you? How about the podcast? The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to the 2 tell podcast all the time. Just search 2Tel and T-O-O-T-E-L-L, and... N-U-A-N-E-Z. N-U-A-N-E-Z. That's what I said.
0: You said N-U-A-N-E-Z. You did. You just yeah. didn't say it with the right... Um...
1: I did two letters at a time, and the last two specifically, easy. Okay? Not hard. Uh, anyway, search Two-Tail Nuanas, rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. The Two-Tail Nuanas podcast is brought to us by our friends at Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, helping us out with that, as well as the... Uh, Grizz Great's podcast series, which is uh, out now. So you can go check all of that out. We appreciate it very much. Boys and girls, it's been a fun Thursday show. The sun is now shining. My grill will still turn on, whether it's snow or sun. Doesn't bother me at all. Fireworks the same. I look forward to that. And I look forward to meeting back with you in 22 hours. Wrap up the first week in the new studio. Boys and girls, stay safe, stay spaced. We'll see you tomorrow.